to be present, we must be intentional. And to bear fruit, we must feed the soul. You're listening to Positive and Ponder. Hello, Ponders. Welcome back to another episode of Positive and Ponder. Thank you so much for being here. As you can see, we are on Zoom, um, only because our guest is in another place in Canada, to be exact, in Toronto. Um, but still, despite that, we will still have an excellent and an awesome episode for you today. Um, we are going to continue with our series of Flourishing Together. But first, if anyone is new here, welcome. Um, Positive and Ponder is a podcast where we talk about everything and anything in the in the aim to give you some encouragement, some hope, some inspiration, some perspective to learn and grow together. And so I'm super excited for this episode. Today, I have, um, well, we will call her throughout this episode, <laughs> Ati Hazel. Um, she is a content creator that I came across not too long ago, um, actually, and it's something, all her content is something that I deeply, deeply resonated with, and I think for a long time, I just haven't really had the opportunity to dig deep with the topics that we are talking about Um I'll have her introduce herself more formally, but um, just the gist of what she does. She poses content most specifically for um, children or daughters of immigrant parents in the Filipino community, um, to be exact. And she talks about mental health, the importance of being vulnerable, of having conversations that may not be easy to talk about at the dinner table, but how that can lead us into a more intentional way of living um, and living a more fulfilled life through that. But um, yeah, so thank you so much, Ate Hayes, for being here. Hi, everyone. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. It's really an honor to meet you both and just be here and make more noise, right? So <laughs> yes, for sure. That's what we're doing. Yes. And I was actually talking to a friend prior to this saying, I'm a bit nervous. But also, I think it's also just a sense of excitement because like, through what you've already been doing and what I aim to do as well is just to create conversations that are um, groundbreaking, you know, um, and it's not easy. <laughs> it takes a lot of effort and energy and time and a lot of our emotions to talk about stuff like this. Um, but I know that whatever we talk about today, I'm just hoping that someone will be encouraged and hopefully someone will gain perspective. Um, will we all agree? No, <laughs> but I think we can all have some type of middle ground and some type of healing throughout this conversation. So um, yeah, so Ate Hayes, um, could you please, for those who don't know you, um, just share a little bit about you? Sure. So my name is Hazel, and I am a content creator, like Pauline said. And basically, I create videos to support cycle breakers who are looking into a way to express themselves and also practice self-compassion at the same time. And just chiming in on what you said in the beginning, um, not all of our conversations are going to be comfortable, but they will be groundbreaking. And the only way to grow something is to break ground 
and figure, you know, keep watering it. So that's what I hope that uh, we can inspire with this conversation. Yes. And could you please, um, I know that from your content, um, you have the iconic uh, Tita Seleng. Could you please, actually, just you can even start from the moment you were inspired to even post something. I don't think I've scrolled that far to see your first video and what inspired this, but could you please take us back of how this all started? Yes. So actually, it's been, <laughs> I think Tita Seleng has been two years in the making uh, before I even felt like it was okay to take space that was the i think that was the thing that i needed to have is the confidence to take her out on a spin right because um basically how i came up with her is like very last minute uh, but i knew what i wanted to do with a character which is voice out exactly how I felt um so basically I I I like supporting cycle breakers with their self-expression because I felt like I was stifled when I was young all throughout childhood and adulthood when it comes to my self-expression so um Tita Seling is a way to work through that and being okay with being uncomfortable and sitting with that discomfort to find out how do I grow from here? How do I, and I make that sound very <laughs> like, oh, pop psychology and like <laughs> yes. growing and healing and everything. Um, but it has so much truth in that. I feel like nowadays it's like you, you hear that everywhere, but some things that you hear everywhere have like a basis of truth right mm-hmm. and so tita seling is tita seling because first of all my grandma used to call me haselina so it's like haze like i took away the selina right yeah. and then a very common thing that we do with names is put an ing in the end so then i was like okay well seling and then also sealing to healing there is no sealing to healing so that is the reason why it's Tita Seling. So yeah, and also All About Haze, by the way, just because I'm already talking about names, All About Haze wasn't supposed to be like all about me. It's all about the haze that we all go through um, and are kind of figuring out our way through. So that's the the core of that. Also, I thought it would have been, you know, I thought it would be funny if I used an accent and make it into like a, because it's entertaining, right? And it catches attention. And um, I feel like she's a tita, so she should have an accent. And she works in a call center because she's Filipino. And there's a lot of us in the Philippines, uh, of our people in the Philippines that work in call centers. So I was like, that's, that's perfect. But the last part of that, like her image was a very much like last minute thing. Um, and I think my first post was November of last year. And uh, yeah, it's, and then the rest is history. <laughs> when did you see kind of attention being drawn to, or, you know, the responses? How, how what was that like seeing like, oh, people are actually checking this out? And- <laughs> 
I'm viral. Was, I'm viral oh, here. <laughs> yeah, it was so interesting because yeah. I hadn't, like, I was thinking about her for so long, you know, and I was stopping myself because, you know, I'm thinking, oh, who am I to be talking about this? I'm not whatever this person educated about mental health or whatever, but I have lived experience. And now I think that's what I'm kind of um, leaning more against, leaning more into uh, Mm -hmm. is that I have the lived experience and sometimes lived experience can have as much insight as someone who studied something. So, um, yeah, but I stopped myself for a very long time before then. So then when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's a lot of people can relate to this. And honestly, that has been my fuel ever since then, Um, especially with the things like you said, the Mother's Day thing um, is when more people are can relate to it. That's what I talk about more. Uh, Yeah, for sure. And I think it's genius that you kind of speak in a Tita perspective, because I think what hinders, you know, healthy conversations, and it's unfortunate, but of course, with what we try to do today and trying to break cycles, you know, sometimes there's a hindrance in where the Titas or, you know, our elders I think that we are attacking them and that we don't see yeah. them, but we really try our best too. And I think, you know, um, they will they will react in offense first. But I think you being in their perspective, kind of fitting their shoes also gives them, you know, the kind of the confirmation, the affirmation that, oh, well, maybe she does understand where I am coming from. I don't have the words to say. So I'm glad you, someone who is younger than me, can do that for me. So I think it's genius of what you do. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, well, I my thinking of that, and I think that you captured it very well. Um, I think that Tita Siling can be a bridge to the older generation and the new generation. Because really, the reason why I started Tita Seling, one of the other reasons why is because I'm so annoyed (laughs) of seeing toxic Filipino culture be the number one thing trending on TikTok about Filipinos. And honestly, Mm -hmm. that is not, that's not all we are. Yeah. And I know I'm getting so riled up, like I'm literally having goosebumps right now. I'm (laughs) ready. I've been ready well that's really what it is and I'm just like I know our culture so differently we have such hardworking people we are a country of people who are who are hospitable we are known for being the best caregivers and I'm not just saying like as a as a job, it's like even in hospitality, even with just, you know, how we have so many OFWs who care. Like that is our, like, our number one thing is caring about people. Mm-hmm. So how is it that how we view ourselves is toxic? Like, what ideologies do we conform to? that makes us look at ourselves that way that's if you ask me that is a big red flag for self-hate 
right? Like if yeah. you're looking at yourself and you're looking at other people and this is also prevalent with us is the comparison, you know? So it's like, how, how are we, how are you putting two and two together? And how are, how is the biggest thing on TikTok about us toxic fam, like toxic culture or toxic Filipino culture? Mm. And Tita Siling, her only job is to dissect why. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and uh, what are the things that we are doing that makes our culture be seen as toxic? Mm -hmm. Because there's more to us than that. Absolutely. And why are we toxic? Right. Right. No, very, very, very true. I, I didn't think about it like that, you know, because we, we do. I feel like we have a great we always have such a big stage um, when it comes to even American like television with, you know, the Miss Philippines and, um, you know, seeing all of these these workers coming from the Philippines working here. You know, there's great highlights in that. And you were right. We are very hardworking and, and very hospitable and very caring. Um but it's sometimes I feel like our own people go against each other, too. You know what I mean? And I agree with the comparison thing. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. How even of our own kind will will go against each other. And, you know, it's it's it, it does come and derive from, you know, trauma in the past and these cycles continuing of constant comparison, constant you know, self-hate, constant, you know, not being able to express how we feel, um, you know, in a healthy way. And yeah, I just, wow, I never thought about it like that. Um, but I do constantly, and we can dig deep, I guess, now that we're here. Um, and I didn't really put it in our notes of the specific topics because I wanted to see from your perspective and your for your own experience. And I know you're already very vulnerable on your on your Instagram, but were there any particular experiences, um, which I'm sure you have a lot of, or topics that you felt like you needed to talk about because you had experienced it so bad? <laughs> One out of uh, 50. <laughs> Feel free. <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> well, I think, uh, I guess to start, because there's so many, but I think since I'm here and, and, and curious, as someone, I'm 23 and I am um, the second youngest out of nine kids, but I'm technically the oldest because I was first born here in the U.S. and all of my siblings, older siblings, are in the Philippines. So you already know with that comes a lot of pressure, with that comes a lot of expectation um, a lot of the pressure goes on the eldest and most especially when you are the daughter. Um, and I saw that you are also um, you are the eldest. I think that's what it said in your bio. Yes. So what was your experience with that? Um, you can say the good and the bad. I, I I know there's a lot. I'm just waiting for you to share it <laughs> to know <laughs> we're on the same page. <laughs> um, yes. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm like, let me clear my throat. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there is immense pressure. And I think we hand we all handle pressure differently. I think for me, earlier on, however, my experience uh, 
was through childhood, it was easy for me to think about what I want, what I wanted, right? Instead of what was being told to me. There was always something that made me think about why is it, why is this this way? Why is this that way? Just to give you a couple of examples, uh, <laughs> I remember that my parents, when we were young, uh, they would work a lot, right? And I have two other sisters, right? And as a as an older sister, I think it's not necessarily pressure. Uh, well, no, I'm lying. It is. <laughs> Because if you're alone with your sisters, even at like seven years old, yep. however old you are, you feel that pressure, right? So that's that's one, definitely, that you're responsible uh, for your brothers and sisters or siblings, right? And so I remember that at some point when I was seven, eight, nine, whatever, whatever age, I was this young when I asked my parents, why are you never home? Why are you never home? Why do you go to church instead of coming home? Why do you never have time for us? Right? So that was definitely one thing that made me think there are things that I would not do as an adult. Not that I'm saying that I can do better as one, but I felt the, I understood how difficult it was for me to feel like I was not being guided, to mm -hmm. feel that guidance to my parents felt like overprotectiveness and not letting me go outside, not letting me do this or that. The guidance never came through as affection with guidance. It came through like, not necessarily aggression, but toughness, firmness, you know, and that I think was the start of me thinking, I think I'm only experiencing resentment and disconnection from my parents. And this is not what a child should be feeling. Mm -hmm. And so emotionally, that caused me to be very close with my sisters and really watch how they felt, you know, how, like, and be there for them emotionally. Hmm. Um, and, and did you feel like, sorry to interrupt, but did you no. feel like you had to be there for your sisters because these emotional um needs were not met, these physical, being there, avail you know, availability that wasn't there? Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> if I couldn't have that, my sisters have to have that in some way. Yeah. You know, and it it just got harder when I was 10 and then I was all of a sudden like free to roam, do whatever I want. I was still in the Philippines at this time. Okay. And my sisters were just much too young. Like they were 7 years old and it's like I was already 10 and you know, like that's still not old enough, but like I was able to go out with like friends or something as long as there's a chaperone. And so it created a, a resentment with them as if I was leaving them. But I shouldn't have felt that at such a young age, I'm not their mom. Mm. I'm not their parent. So for me, I started thinking about that. I'm like, 
why am I actually I thought about it before and I and I felt like there was something wrong with that thinking where it's like why do I feel like I'm the one responsible right but only recently have I really sat with that feeling and understood that that was what I was feeling then is that I wish my parents were home I wish my parents were there more for me you know and my sisters because I didn't know how to handle them either because I didn't know like nobody handled me <laughs> nobody handled my big emotions nobody knew how to help me with that um and so I didn't know how to help me with that for very for a very long time mm -hmm. um and as I learned I helped myself and I helped my sisters and uh I hope whatever help I I gave them you know gave them some sort of a feeling of being fulfilled in that aspect of their life uh but i don't know um yeah so yeah well thank you yeah. for sharing that yeah no i mean yeah I, I can totally resonate um i had to take care of my younger brother too while my mom is a single mom um also mm -hmm. so that was especially hard and um for our audience members this is not an episode to you know um <laughs> dishonor our families or yes <laughs> Bad. Oh, I love that you said that. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, we should have started with that first. <laughs> They're like already turning it off. No, we are talking about this because it is real life. And it's not until we open up about how we feel and then talk about our experience, of, you know, after that, responding to that and where we are now. That is what's really important. Um, You know, I didn't really realized that I did have a resentment towards my mom till like not too long ago many many uh, maybe when I was like 18 19 20 um because I had been stuck in obedience mode for so long which eventually if we were to go deep led to codependency and being um uh, a people pleaser and wanting to keep the peace because there was so much you know, chaos. And then it wasn't until I got older and I learned how to, and I told my mom this, um, and my mom and I are getting closer as we get, as I get older, which I'm very grateful for. But I opened up to her and just saying, um, no offense, mom, but I, I didn't learn how to say sorry from you. I learned, I didn't learn how to express how I felt through you. And I just felt like I had to be vulnerable for that. And I was like already tensing up, like, like flinching if she was going to say something to me <laughs> or <do> something. <laughs> and she was like, oh my gosh. Um, but I think at the same time, I think she wanted me to admit that because she, there was no way for her to do that because she didn't have the words to say. She didn't know how to. And so I think, I think, I, I thank God that I've, I've, although it was tough where I had to really dig deep and I became such an empathetic person where I literally had to continue to worry about my family for so long it's not until recently where I've like finally let go not 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 caring about them but having that sense of separation I think that's another thing that our culture can do where we will feel pressured for just leaving right it's such a cultural thing where we can't leave until we get married right um and although there are some benefits to that we have such a great community you know there's always someone to turn to but you then have that codependency you then have that guilt 
um, even just leaving for a travel, I'll feel guilty sometimes. And these are just the things, the consequences of not being taught how to express how we feel and always feeling ashamed for feeling how we feel. So, yeah. Yeah. And it also doesn't help that we are also shamed for feeling how we feel. Um, And I think that it's important to uh, talk a little bit also about just me saying it out loud where there is room for figuring out your feelings and how you felt before and sitting with them and doing all the work that you're doing. And also at the same time, feeling and and understanding that your parents did the best they could. Yes. And there is also room for working through the resentment that you felt because it, you know, it's 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 multiple facets. It's not just one or the other. And I think that that's the reason why <clears throat> the hotline is so uh open ended. Like it's like there's this response and there's this response you can be mild or spicy we all know that you'll get you know palo anyway either way (laughs) but you know what I mean like you'll you'll you might get some eyebrows raised either way um, but it's just important for you to get that out and to feel seen and feel validated that you can feel that way not that other people have this uh, the say to validate your feelings, but it's you getting to validate yourself that that's okay to feel that way. And you're working through something and it's not just, you know, if I say something about my mom or my dad or whatever, how my family was or any any relative, that doesn't mean that I don't love them. It just means that this is my truth and I need to say something about it because we're not going against an individual. We are going against an entire, like, how long has it been since we were colonized by the spit? Like, okay. it, it's a long time that you are going through all of this and figuring it out. And if you do it, the people in the future that will come through you and your ancestors. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're you're healing a whole line of people because you're expressing what they weren't able to express before. And the reason why we have so many things that, oh, you know, like our parents are just being protective and then, we you know, it's like you have to do exactly as they say and all of that. That also, I'm sure, is is history has something to do with that mm-hmm. you know and it's just important to go through whatever it is in the present that we can do for ourselves because it starts with us mm-hmm. whatever it is that's going to happen from here on out is going to be the thing that might be repeated in the future absolutely yeah yeah um i i'm actually a youth leader so i i mentor a lot of youth um and i feel like that's just a big part of my calling i'm with children and youth all the time and i'm not surprised because you know usually people who work with kids work with the youth is because they desire to see them grow and and want them to reach their full potential especially if you come from a place where it was a little bit difficult to discover that and to be you and and stuff like that and so um it's tough because i while i'm also handling this youth i'm also mentoring the kids 
of parents, you know, and so um, I was really like, uh, for one of my teachings, parents were present. And, you know, I was just really felt I felt called to just say this, because who else would? And um, it was talking about the whole theme was about family and, and relationships and how we can build stronger relationships. And I said, and it's all Filipino, Filipino American community. And I said, um, just hear me out, you know, uh, the one thing that lacks within our community is accountability. You are your kids are a byproduct of your accomplishments, but also your mistakes. And that's okay. Like I had to make sure I emphasize, and that's okay <laughs> before people like I'm like, out. oh my gosh, Pauline. Yeah. What? <laughs> Oh, you called them out. I love that. I had to. And my mom was there. Yeah. Okay. I'll just, it was at my church. So that makes it even easier. (laughs) But I really did feel called to because, you know, we all make mistakes and our parents will tell us all the time, don't be with that boy because this and this and this and this happened. I I know, mom, you told me that 10 times, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you yes. know, um, and then there are things that they don't want to share with us. And it's just taking accountability, I think, is is so important because I'd rather be wrong and um, be open to knowing that I'm wrong than, you know, denying and being in denial that I am wrong. You know, um, if we desire to see our children, our youth, to be honest individuals, to be honest with how they feel, to be honest with others and not be judgmental. Like, you know, it starts with us. That's why I firmly agree with you and and working alongside you with breaking these cycles because as hard as it is, you know, it takes a lot of effort and stuff out of us. And you know, as as much as it's really hard to be in that position to be the one carrying and being the trailblazers, it's also a great honor, you know. And so I guess like we can um, talk more about, okay, so I, I'm assuming that you've had these tough conversations with family members and, you know, your your parents. Um, so what what is that like for someone who desires to have these conversations with their parents, with their elders? How can we create or start you know, this whole exchange that's so new to us. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say, like, I have nothing else to do here. <laughs> you have Like that calling them out is just absolutely <laughs> like chef's kiss. Like, that's great. Uh, I was you like know? looking at their faces like, <laughs> oh, I, I would have paid a million dollars to be in the room, you know. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> But with your question, um, I think there is a spectrum of different ways. um, And I feel like depending on your parents and how open they are and really also how safe they feel, Mm. um, it's tough. I that's all I'm going to say about my experience with that. Mm -hmm. I think that my way of doing things are very much I say what I want to say. And if I can't say what I want to say and we're not and I don't think I'm being heard, it's hard for me 
to keep going. Mm. And this is me saying this, not feeling heard from the age of when, when did I tell you I told them why aren't you here at home? Seven. Right? All the way up to now. Mm-hmm. So how many years have I tried? Mm. Right? And I feel like I keep having to go through that with them because I don't want to give up, but I'm also tired. Right? And I know that a lot of us feel that way. But I want to offer another perspective, right? With the parents that are and elders that are having such a difficult time with <clears throat> anything that has to do with maybe there was something that they could have done wrong in your childhood, or like you say, right? Like you pass on your achievements to your children, but you also pass on your mistakes, right? And so these mistakes, anything that questions somebody and they feel like, ooh, I'm not safe. Like maybe I could have done something wrong, but they don't want to talk about that. Mm. And they can't handle talking about that. That I think 100% is the reason why there's such a block with our elders mm-hmm. is because they don't feel safe with that question. They wow. don't feel safe with that perspective. They don't feel safe about you talking about that because what, like, did I do something wrong? Did I raise you wrong? But that's not what we're trying to do here. Yeah. That's that's the number one thing. Like our message is not to point fingers. Yes. You know, and there are people who will, there are people who will, there are people who, you know, like they already know that their parents are not comfortable with it. And mm, you know what I mean? Let me get it through you. And at some point I was that person. At some point I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep throwing Mm. and see if something bounces back. Right. And see if they're going to pick it up what I throw at them. And sometimes, and more often than not, it doesn't happen. Why? Because you know, we hear it in our culture. Oh, your mom is too old. What do you think she's going to do? She's going to change at 65 years old or whatever. My, my mom's not 65, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like just whatever, your grandma or whatever, whatever elder, they make excuses for themselves. Wow. Yeah. And then we take that on and then we make excuses for them. Yeah. But really the only thing is, and the sad thing is, we have an ancestral lining of people not feeling safe about dealing with difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's it. Like, however you feel within yourself, the struggle of you feeling safe, imagine that burden one time removed and look at your mom. Mm. and think about how much vulnerability you have already had to do to to have in order for you to hold this container and space for yourself you know and then think about how your mom could have handled that when she was young 
that's the reason why we're not getting through them, folks. It's hard to talk about. Mm. And there's <sighs> the only thing we can do is start with ourselves. That's why it has to start with us. Because if we're not going to do it, they're not going to be able to do it anymore. Yes. It's ingrained in our brain that people who are older than us don't change. Yeah. You know, like that's our culture. That's it's everywhere. For sure. Yeah. So definitely that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And and I totally resonate when I'm when you said you're tired. <laughs> just that. Just that. Just highlight that. You know, it, it is tiring, especially for me who had to also mature at such a young age. And like already at this point, like, can I just be like 30 and, and have my life figured out and just have a family and just skip all of that part, right? All of the dramatic parts. But, you know, of course, that's that can't happen. But um, but one thing that I have learned because I'm I, I've if there's anything that has helped me grow is through the relationships I have with others. And so um, I've learned so much through just my relationship with my mom. And, you know, it came it was a process for me to accept and to learn and to, to gain more empathy, knowing that her having me here um, as her first child here in the U.S., she was learning to be a mom and so many other things being an American and being this and this and this and that you know she had to leave all of her kids in the Philippines and barely re raise them and I'm very fortunate to know that she's raised me since birth and she was not able to do that and so from her just like hearing you know when you go to like like a, a family friend's house and you just overhear them talking about their life, talking about their past, how they got here. You know, I do cherish those moments because those were my only, those that was the only chance for me to understand her story, you know, because, you know, it's hard to have one-on-ones with them. And so it was not until I sat in, sat in front of her or had the opportunity to talk to her and be like, mom, I know you went through this and I'm sure that was really hard. You know, and it is about just being heard, you know, um, and so, yeah, that, yeah, it's just about being heard. And like you said, through generational trauma, all of that is just it will always follow until we decide to stop. Um, and like I said earlier, I was the one who had to learn how to say sorry in behalf of, you know, everything, <laughs> um, learn how to apologize, learn how to hear people out and understand and yeah it's just it's tiring but I know that um with good intention and especially out of love I feel like you know that's where we forget that you know it can come from anger it can can come from resentment towards our loved ones and it's valid to feel that way but if it's driven by love and driven by you know seeing a brighter future for your younger generation for your kids then it's definitely worth it yes and i also feel like us going through the motions of just getting to know uh all these hard things that have happened you know and you said something about like empathizing and that's very important and even through resentment you could also figure things out with love 
mm-hmm. you know, with love in mind. Uh, you can have your feelings about it, but you could also work from that angle into finding empathy and kindness and love for your parents or for anybody else, right? As for me, it's definitely my entire thing came from resentment. And I'm not going to be, you know, I'm going to be vulnerable enough to vulnerable enough to say that too, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that, especially feeling alone, feeling stifled, like all of these feelings that come with it, you know, but when I look back and and I think I had this realization lately, you know, our parents are also cycle breakers. Mm -hmm. We're not the only ones like you're not special. Yeah, your parents have broken cycles by themselves. Heavy cycles. Yeah, you know, like my mom. She was able to help so many of her siblings come through to Manila from a province mm-hmm. and then go into places like Taiwan and Japan. Like they were able to break cycles of poverty, you know? And with my dad, he was able to break cycles of aggressive, toxic masculines. Mm. And like, no one is ever going to be perfect, I think. And even through generations, we are just a work of pro- in progress. You know, we are a work of proce- uh, progress ourselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, so if you look at your parents and you all you have is resentment for them, there's room for that. Sure. But I think for me personally, I'm a person I feel like I'm just a big ball of love, right? (laughs) Like I just feel like for me, service has always been big for me. And that's a good thing that I got from my parents. They served the church. They, you know, like I did a lot of things because of that, you know, that helped other people and that, you know, gave space for uh, positive things for other people. And all of the stuff, the trauma, the things that I got from them, mistakes, achievements, everything, they're my superpower. Mm. That is the thing that sets me apart in the world. You know, I have like the thing that I was talking about, because there were two things that I posted on Mother's Day, if you didn't see that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But if you did, you know, like we take the best parts, like, I feel like every single one of us has this, you know, our mom and our dad's rap sheet. Like, when did, where did they go right? Where did they go wrong? Right. Or what can we change? What can we improve? And I feel like the work is really figuring out what you're going to be as a person, who you are going to be as a person with the uh, amalgamation of the good characteristics and the bad characteristics yeah. <laughs> of whatever you got from before. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you create your, you create yourself through that. 
like I see my mom's, you know, childlike wonder in me, you know, and I remember her every time, you know, like, I'm happy just gardening, like seeing my plants sprout. And, you know, that's like the thing that my mom has that everything is like, Oh, my God, that's, you know, she's very excitable, Uh you know, and I can see myself in my dad's heart, you know, and how for him, it's very important to be a good Christian. And in that way, I also, regardless of how my views are, I want to be a good person. So for him, being a good Christian is being a good person. And so I have some stuff that I took from him also that I follow to this day, mm-hmm. you know, that I, I don't know, I speak a certain way or I, or I, uh, hold space for people mm-hmm. like that's part of who my dad is you know and so yeah like I feel like regardless of how you feel about your family mm, some things are gonna drip you know what I'm saying for sure for sure absolutely and yeah I I definitely saw that even especially on Mother's Day and every time I celebrate Mother's Day with my mom it's always very interesting but I'm just so grateful for um I'll just give a quick like of what happened on Mother's Day like we decided to before I got um got our nails done together we went to the Filipino store and I was like okay maybe we can get you know hollow hollow or something she's like okay yeah maybe I can chica chica with someone and I was like oh do you know people there she's like no (laughs) I was like okay and I just looked at her in wonder and like I was like we are not that much different you know what I mean? And I was just super grateful to just witness the good parts of my mom. And she there's a lot of good parts about my mom. And, and you know, that's why, you know, while we allow space for anger and resentment, you know, the only way for us to see light and to use it in a purposeful way is to be driven by love. And one thing that has helped me, um, because I know through all of this what we dis- we discussed there's a lot it's difficult for us to separate and to have individuality yes. so we will always associate ourselves with our parents our family our career you know all of this but it's not until we have a sense of indiv- individuality and have that space where we can really grow and use our past experiences for good and so it took a it was a long journey for me but through every trial um i've learned that the only effective way and not just effective in like changing the person because that was my like mis that was my assumption that i could change people and that made it so difficult like that made it so much more stressful thinking that i could change my family because i had this you know we have all of these um what is the word? You know, like the perfect ideal family, like in our head and what we see, what I saw at school with my friends, parents, you know, that's what I had in my head. But that's just not how it is. And that's okay, you know, but yeah. it's it's if, if we force it to be a certain way, we are not helping it at all. So what I've learned for anyone who's listening, um, that's just, just still trying to find light <laughs> in their situation is our responsibility, especially as children of our, our parents, is we can only set an example. My 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 wrong was thinking I had to parent my mom. 
and that made it so difficult and I was like no the best thing is to just be an example it's gonna take years <laughs> you know I mean, there's not just the one instant where boom like you have the perfect family it's through living it like in order for us to even just have a platform like we do you know have my podcast have your your postings your content like it would all be meaningless if we ourselves didn't even follow it, if we ourselves didn't even believe it for ourselves, you know. And I feel like that is where everything manifests, you know, when it truly comes from, you know, the heart. So, yeah, like I said, be the example to your parents, be the teacher. That's the word. Be the teacher rather than their parent. <laughs> Yes. Well, in a way, too, that's kind of how you parent. Sure. There is no way to parent, but yeah. it's like, you know, eh, eh, that's also why I'm like, when we do something, like it can start with you forward and backward. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like just with me and my mom, uh, for her, I feel like at some point she needed some hobbies right because you know um sometimes you get so lost in life that you could forget yourself you know and being a mom having to have moved from the philippines to here having to really be busy since the time that they moved all the way up to even now you know and just worried about money and all of the things that come with migrating like you know coming from the philippines to here and that's another cycle, right? But I feel like there's the opportunity to break the cycle or talk or is in communication and is in opening up spaces, even though in the beginning it hurts, you know, even though in the beginning, like it is coming from you know, and I'm and I keep going back. I love that you're saying light, 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 and I'm saying resentment, 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 because both it can come from both all the time. And mm -hmm. it's kind of like this ball that we're trying to break from each side, you know what I mean? And it's like just visually, like it's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. Like we're trying to there's this solid thing that we're trying to break, literally groundbreaking, literally breaking like a heart of stone or you know what i mean something that has been calcified for so long and that we're only we're only little by little digging at now mm -hmm. so you know and there's room for everybody there's room for you know our parents there's room for us understanding each other um it really just take takes a lot of grunt work to do it and you know, I have my own way of doing things and other people might have different ways of doing things and maybe different families have different dynamics. Um, but I think all we all want is a cordial family relationship mm -hmm. where you feel seen and you feel heard and you feel loved, you know, and really as much struggle as there is in every single family as long as everybody looks at it like I love you more than I want to be right. Mm -hmm. I think that's where it lies. 
you know, and both parties have to feel this way or at least have a little bit of leeway to have that conversation, you know, um, and I understand how hard it is. I do. <laughs> um, and I understand how draining and how tiring, but you love them. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's up to you when to stop or it's up to you how long you're willing to go for how long that you're doing that for, you know? Yes, for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. Ate Hazel. I like hate that we're ending now, but um, (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure if the opportunity comes, I'd love to have another discussion, maybe even person. Like I feel like from this conversation, it's just like, I feel like we just need a, like an embrace right now and to all of the other daughters out there and all the other kids that are going through the same thing um but one thing i'd like to add um kind of to close out is it's what i've been asking all of my past guests for this flourishing together series um which is rosebud and thorn um i don't know if you heard about it but for those who don't know about it rose is something that you're grateful for um bud is for something that you're looking forward to and then thorn is something that you want to work on so you can go in whatever particular order you'd like but you guide me on each one yes (laughs) i'm like i don't know if i remember everyone (laughs) (laughs) we'll start with gratitude we like to start on gratitude so a rose what is something that you're grateful for and it can be in terms it can follow what we talked about today or it could follow anything in general in your life I am grateful for whew, my sense of safety and ease that I feel right now. It took a lot of work to get there, but I'm grateful for it. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't I have I've just met you, but I can already feel like that it it's been a long time, you know, that you've been wanting to feel this peace we all want and desire that peace and um i just i'm so grateful for you know where you are now and and how many people that you're also impacting through not just your content but your spirit you know and i know that it's gonna break cycles even just in our our direct communities um so that i'm great i'm happy for you um and then the we'll do we'll do thorn what is something that you like to work on? What I'd like to work on. Well, I'm working on it now. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's my negative self-beliefs and my limiting beliefs and my not being able to rest sometimes mm-hmm. and prioritize me. So, yeah, lots of lots of going within right now is happening. So, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, at least you are aware of that. So that's yes. very good. <laughs> yeah. And then the last one is um, Bud, which is something that you are looking forward to. I am looking forward to releasing all my ways to support my cycle breakers. 
I am working on so many projects right now. Please write a book, by the way. I forgot to say that in the beginning. You're a great writer. Like, I take time to read your captions, by the way. You're just, yeah, your captions. I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah. I was like, she is an author. Where's the book? Thank you. (laughs) I'm like, I thought about it. Yes. I'm not sure just yet. I feel like I'm more of a performer than I am a writer, but I do Mm. like... I do like a lot of art. <laughs> so it's yeah. like I'm kind of artistic in different ways, I guess. I feel that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you can help me with a book, why not, right? Yeah, for sure. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> something you're looking forward to. <laughs> yes. So, so something I'm looking forward to, yes, is uh, releasing. Uh, we have, there is a project that I'm working on that we have, uh, we'll have affirmation decks, a journal, um, that's coming out yes and i already also i also have merch coming out soon um and i think that this is going to be an interesting one because it is specifically uh you know how i do right like Dita Seling, what she talks about so it's going to be really honing on uh, uh philam voices mm. i think and I think that this is special because a lot of the um, clothing line that I've seen so far are very much like very Filipino centric only, I feel. Annoyed. And I feel yeah. like there there is more room to do more of like diaspora uh, type of designs or, you know, so yes, but it's a, it's basically merch that will talk to you. Or create cool. conversations. That's it. Well, I'm going to say for that, I am going to buy almost everything. <laughs> I'm so excited, honestly. Like, if I could just show you right now, I would. But you yeah. know, I, I want to sure. just here you go, guys. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that is so awesome! Thank you so much for sharing that, and thank you so much, Ate Hazel, for being here and taking the time to talk to my audience. I'm sure a lot of people got something from what you have expressed, even if you may not relate to all of it. I'm sure there is one part of it that you may resonate with. And um, again, to anyone who's following or listening, I'm sure I'm going to have a wide group of age um, within this episode alone but i just want to express my love and 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 share my love to everybody and to just remind you that everyone um just desires to be seen and heard and that can be start starting with us you know um expressing that and allowing these these the space for these people um we are not perfect beings by all means but um with intentional decisions and just being intentional with our relationships um, we can break cycles and we cre- can create an atmosphere of peace. Um, and yeah, I'm just super grateful. Um, and also this is an episode dedicated to all our Asian Americans and our Pacific Islanders. Yes. We are very proud um, Filipinos. I love being Filipino. That's another topic in itself, just the identity <laughs> of being Filipino and American, which maybe we'll leave space for that um, in the future. But Thank you guys so much for being here and allowing us to have space to talk to you guys, to be in your um, headspace. And um, if you enjoy content like this, please don't forget to subscribe to Positive and Ponder. Um, We have all of our updates, um, anything that you need to know on our Instagram at pause.sip.ponder. Thank you, Mary Rose, for being our sound person today. And 
yeah, that's it. We'll see you in the next one. Don't forget to always love, to always be curious, and to always ponder. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much. And remember that you're not alone. Yes. <laughs>